All right, so the sound quality, uh, I'm not sure how it's going to be because we are painting Megan's bathroom. Kitchen. Kitchen, kitchen. We're going to be like uh, moving around. All right, actually, let me just introduce <laughs> what the fuck is going on. Hey, guys. Welcome to Blessed Child Podcast. This is your host, Renee, and today's a really special day. I'm actually in Megan's kitchen. You might, remember, you might remember Megan from season one when we talked about the Catholic Church being absolutely bananas. And seasons. She's got seasons. Season one, yeah. I'm like amongst a, a podcasting star. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, we're globally recognized. Holy crap. That's we're in, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I looked up some stats and it was like top 10% of global podcasters. And I was like, hmm. That's right, you are. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, I think it's just because the Noonies are such a global network. Well, and your subject matter is, even though it's, you know, you talk about being a Mooney and your experience, it's so similar to a lot of other people's experiences in different religions or different even family systems, like the whole deconstructing and having to like relearn how to be a person without that. Um, influence that you're so used to that you only knew as your truth and then all of a sudden you realize that's not the only truth and you kind of have to like relearn how to be a person yeah I, th I and yeah. that's just where like I think yeah I think you have to like, relearn how to be a person and we did we've been doing this work for two years so we're people yeah We've been, well, we've been doing this work for forever. For a lot. I was like, no, nah, don't limit it to two years because it's been way longer. It's been decades. It's been like a lifetime thing. Uh, but thank God for that. I mean, yeah. or thank God it's her saint or whoever. Whatever well, entity you want to thank. We're more, universe. Really, we're more open now than season one. Yeah. <laughs> Whomever. Uh, <laughs> Even if it's not someone I agree with, if that's who you want to think, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, Megan and I have been friends for, what, eight years now? Eight years oh, a while. Yeah, yeah. And I freaking love Megan. We've been on this Aww. path. We deconstructed together, first of we all. We did, and I love her name. She's <sighs> amazing. Yes. And in the last two years, we've deconstructed. I was hyper-analytical in season one. I needed to find the language and the words to describe this new reality that I was coming into, and it was a lot to listen to that old episode, so I just wanted to update people on wh where we were at since then. Yeah. And so me and Megan both deconstructed. She escaped the high control religion of Catholicism. I did, and, and, and now I've come to realize, since it was so embedded in my family system, that it it bled into that, which I, I know is the same for you. I didn't right. realize it, though. Right. Like, I did not Back see then. it until I kind of have stepped away from all of it, and I've been like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. But it, it bled into everything. And what helped you realize that? Uh, honestly, I mean, I, uh, I, I, my recent ketamine treatments ah, have been instrumental in me, um, like, really being able to see things for what they are instead of what I've always like like it, it allowed me to take off my rose-colored glasses oh my gosh okay so that's what I wanted to talk to you about actually like treatment so both you and I deconstructed we we're really hardcore into like pioneering that and finding the words and and emptying the junk drawer is what we said yes. about <laughs> emptying the junk drawer and reorganizing and along that route to organize I did cognitive behavioral therapy or em emotional resolution, and you found ketamine treatment. 
Yes, and I I have to say I have been in I've been in traditional therapy for probably ten years yes. of some kind, uh, like traditional talk therapy, and I've tried several different medications, um, and I I'm just I have resist I'm like resistant to any of the depression medications. They don't really. It's not that they don't work on me; they don't work right on me. Like they make me completely numb instead of just kind of allowing me to not be stuck in depression. I don't know what that says about my depression, but I had to even admit that I had depression in the first place because I thought I just had anxiety. I don't. I, I don't. I, I, I definitely suffer with depression. I just don't allow myself to feel it, so it I, turns into other things. I, I want to say as a healthcare provider, uh, that's not on you, that it's not working for you the way you <laughs> it, it is working for you the way it's meant to. It's just that in American society... We don't treat the problem. I, yeah, and I get, and that maybe that maybe that's yeah. We that's, treat the symptoms. And I I was tired of I was done. I wanted to treat the problem. Like I wasn't. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm. I don't want to treat the symptoms anymore. Yeah. And since I guess I had always assumed and through my therapy that my depression was like a clinical depression. It was a, a like a because a lot of times it is you know like a a chemical imbalance in your brain. And, and, and for me, I, I found, especially through the ketamine treatment and my, um, we still have child stuff on our, on our doors, um, through ketamine treatment and my, my therapy and just my own, you know, trying to figure it out and reading books and talking with Renee and stuff. <clears throat> Mine was a lot, it really linked to my trauma. Yeah. And I wasn't even admitting to myself that I had any trauma whatsoever, which was where I got stuck. And so, and I couldn't seem to get myself out of it. And I got, before I started ketamine, the ketamine treatment, the reason why I kind of was looking for it was because I was in a really terrible place. And I didn't think I was, I didn't think I was ever going to get out of it. I was in a, I was in really bad shape emotionally and mentally. And, and I just, I didn't know what to do. So I kind of just was trying anything at that point because the medication wasn't doing what I needed. That's okay. I, yeah, uh, I, I don't... <laughs> I have a lot to say about medication. I mean, yeah, medication's great when you're like, it, it numbs you, just like you said. For me, yeah. And I'm not talking about like people who have schizophrenia or people oh, who are bi. Like, yeah, that's, no, that's I'm, not, I'm not that class of situation. No, no, no. no. Situation. You're talking about post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And treating that, you're not going to, you're not going to get better from the medication. You're just going to stop feeling that shit. And, and but, I, yeah. And that was necessary for a time for yes, me. Yeah, to, I did need it. It causes like, um, a break. But then it got to be where I didn't, I needed to deal with it. And like then, it just kind of was like, and, and I have complex PTSD. And yeah. so it was compounding and compounding and compounding. And it just was making everything worse. And the medication just didn't help. It didn't, it just kind of, it made me feel worse so for maybe, me at that point yeah. in my healing Well, journey. you were ready to, to I was do ready something to deal different. With it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe, you know, medication has its place. I think so. For, for just giving a fucking break. Because it's exhausting yeah, you need to, to live in that, like, yeah, survival is. mode constantly. Yeah. And it's, but then it's terrifying to not be in it because that's all I'm, for me, mm. and I'm only, I'm only going to speak for myself, that's all I was used to. Yeah. So it's so odd for me to even have a thought that I could just rest or sit or I'm so used to being hypervigilant that I don't know how to, I don't know how to function as a person any other way. Which is crazy. Is this the right color? 
it is because, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll just do the whole Sorry. door frame. Sorry, no, um, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Thank no, you. okay, okay, okay. I take it back. I take it back. I think medication does have a place for people that are, like, severely on the edge and need to take a fucking break. Sometimes you just need to take a beat and yeah. be like, okay, that's not my only option. Uh, I don't want to feel I, you know, anymore. <laughs> I, can just, I can just rest for a minute and then, but you still have to address the issue. Like, for, again, for, I'm only going to speak for myself. Like, I needed to address the issue. I went... 30 years of my life, actually longer than that, being in that survival mode, and I was not addressing the issue, and that was a problem, and and so it just got to be, like, living in a, a big dark hole that I couldn't get out of, so and I had to do something. For, for all intents and purposes, I don't want to tell everybody your trauma, but, like, let's just say, yeah, trauma lives in the body, and right. you're dealing with it, and, and we were dealing with it, and we found ways to deal with it. Finally, and we want to talk about how, what those ways were and the place that we got to that helped us finally process that trauma. Yeah. So we both did two different routes of therapy, that, but they ultimately led to the same place. Yes. Which is so freaking cool. I love it. It's so freaking cool. So I, I don't want to dog on medication because it's not my place. It really isn't. It, I, I kind of feel bad. I'm like... No, because I, I think it's overused. I think it, I, I, again, I, I can only speak for my own experiences. I think it's overused. I think it's an easy, not, it's, none of it's easy. I don't even want to say that. I think it's a way to deal with the situation in its immediate, like, when, when it's going on in that moment. Yeah. It's not really the way to deal with the origins of it like for me as a healthcare worker like I see suicidal people and they're like all right we'll get you on you know SSRIs and it's like okay that's not really helping the situation like we're still yeah I didn't like SSRIs those are the ones that were not good for me but I take well I take wellbutrin now I love and I I love love it I love wellbutrin and I'm also I also have ADHD (laughs) so like it and and a lot worse than I realized I had it honestly (laughs) because I've been masking my whole life and now that I'm not anymore I'm like oh well I'm a little bananas, but um, but in a fun way. We knew that. But yeah, but in a fun way. I, yeah, and that's another thing. Like people are like, yeah, I totally saw it about you. How did you but, not well, know? I love that about you. And I was like, it's oh, my favorite part. Well, <laughs> anyway, so like you know, I, I I think I think it just I think it shouldn't be the only answer. If I hadn't had talk therapy or like traditional therapy along with my medication journey, I I would have been a a, a huge mess because. A lot of times I figured out the medicine wasn't working the way I wanted it to in therapy. I don't even know how you give talk therapy such a chance. Like, I fucking can't stand talking to people. I, I don't really... Well, and it took me... <laughs> like, about my problems. No, and it's true. Like, I, I was talking to my therapist the other day. I had an appointment with her this week. And we were talking, and I was... It took me six years to cry in front of her. Oh. Like, and, and she's the most patient therapist because she... I was like, you've just been sitting here listening to me, like talking circles about stuff and she's like well you 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 know she was like I'm here to support you I'm not here to you know you I'm here to help you on this journey you're at and you were not in a place you weren't ready to deal with it and now you are and 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 I and again I think I got to a place where I talked about it and intellectualized it and talked about it so much like I was all top down like Mind-wise, I got all of it. Emotionally, I hadn't processed any of it. And that's where I was. I needed to process it. And I didn't know how, and I didn't know where to start. And so when I looked into ketamine therapy, 
it just, it seemed like worst case scenario, I'd get to go on like a little trippy trip. You know, I'd like to get to do some, some special K, I guess. But, and, and then best case scenario, it, maybe it would help me sleep, you know, or help me relax or help me kind of, you know, find, find a way to deal with myself emotionally. And it did so much more than that. I think if there's people just prescribing medicine and there's no therapy in addition to it, I feel like that's where the problems come in. Because yeah. then they're just medicating, medicating. But I've been real lucky to have doctors that were like, we're going to send you, you need to go to a therapist. Like I was postpartum with my first kiddo and I didn't realize it. And she was like, I'm going to send you to a psychiatrist well, and I... we're going to figure this out. And, and that's kind of how it all started. I did. I mean, if it wasn't for her telling me that I needed to be on something while, and I did, yeah. you know, while I was postpartum, I wouldn't, I would have, who knows where I would be right now. So I just see, I see, from my experience, I see a lot of women getting prescribed medication while they're in abusive situations. Oh, well that's not just to answer. deal with the abusive situation and no. they don't actually ever leave. That's. That's not at all what I am speaking <laughs> <laughs> so Not I, even a little. Like, I, that's a whole separate situation in my opinion. It is, right? Okay. Yeah, so, that's, that's not the same like, thing. Like, as, I'll talk to women that are like, yeah, I have anxiety and depression and all these medications. And then I'll, like, meet their spouse and I'm like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, they need... To, and that's a whole other... That's a whole other podcast of how we need more... You know, so, mental health and family crisis. Yeah. You know. So that's, that's, anyway. just, that's just my own bias lens. And like, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's there. It's wrong if it's used in a situation to keep people in numb or quiet. Yeah, no, yeah. it's like it's like shutting them up. Yeah. Like we don't want to deal with you and, and your abuse. And not to be so sexist, it, it goes both ways. It just I see more women, but it goes both ways. Right. Like, everybody, everybody. You would know you're you're in the medical field, so like you see it. Anxiety, depression, and then you meet their family, and you're like, mm. "Well, that's why." Well, and that's and that's such the thing. <laughs> no like, shit. Like it's like, of course they have anxiety and depression. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's not even the spouse. Sometimes it's like your dad or your mom or fucking grandma. That's crazy. A, yeah, and that and and I think that's something that's coming to light now. Yeah. In this, these generations, you know, below us, and but that no parental. Shit, you've got anxiety. Oh my god! No. Actually, I actually not even in the health field, in the tattoo field, people will tell me what they're taking, and then I meet their fucking family members, and I'm like, no shit. I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yes, you keep taking that, please. You know, <laughs> until you're able to leave your home or your situation, and that happens a lot too. Like people get stuck in situations, and in, in, in like even with parents or someone who could be like abusive on a very Covert, yeah, covert. That's yeah. the word. That's it's that so gnawing. It's like it's like the splinter in your brain. Yeah, where you're like, I feel like there's nice. not. That's not right what they're saying, but now I'm I feel. Safe. like I, But I know I'm not safe, and like <laughs> I feel like a selfish, you know, but you a hole. You don't know you're not safe. But I, don't, I still don't know I'm not safe. Like that, and that was another thing that going into ketamine. Like it took three treatments before I was comfortable enough to completely let go like and and that's saying a lot because you really don't have a choice 
when you get the medicine because it kind of just does it what it does what it's going to do because that's how medicine is oh my god i hope we're making sense so uh, megan you were in talk therapy for like 10 years yeah and, for a total of 10 years and I've been in talk therapy. taking medication and we, for about 10 uh, longer uh 13 years 13 years and I recorded a podcast episode with you two years ago when we were in the depths of finding language for deconstruction of all this religious and family trauma. Yes. And then this year, last year, I started cognitive behavioral therapy for a little bit and learned the tips and tricks, and it was really, really amazing. And then you jumped off and started ketamine in January, right? February. Was it February? It was February. February. Yes. So tell me about your experience. Uh, with where you... It sounds more fancy than it is. It's really not that complicated. So, <laughs> cognitive behavioral therapy is just like getting in touch with your uh, bodily cues of sensations. In, in From what I experienced. Because <clears throat> I was living in my head most of mm-hmm. every... Like, you can hear it in the last episode. We were talking, I was all in my head. Um, and... Basically, it just helps you create new pathways to feel again. Feel your feelings. Ah. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I don't have those. No. Yeah, I don't feel anything. <laughs> and it was really great. Uh, it, actually, my massage therapist. Actually, I I I did talk therapy for a little bit on Better Health, and it was awful. Um, I'm so bad at talking about things, and I intellectualize. And my my therapist didn't even want to. Did it, I don't think she wanted to deal with me because I was just dancing in circles. <laughs> well, that's their job is to deal with someone dancing in circles. You know. Yeah. That's that's the nature of the the whole thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, I, it just wasn't a good fit. I don't I don't like talk therapy, and I don't like medications because I get severely suicidal when I try them. So. Um, I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah, well then you don't need to take <laughs> Un- untreatable. No. <laughs> no, just you just need a different treatment. <laughs> yeah. It's just different. I just needed a different treatment. So I started doing massages and I know that doesn't sound like a therapy, but I started doing massages once a month. And literally literally that was like so good for my mental health. Um, because I started feeling things and when somebody's touching your body you start flashing back to the trauma that's in those body parts. I agree. Or yeah. or the love that's in those body parts. Yeah. And that is so crazy for me because that was the first gateway step that I needed to take to start feeling alive again. <clears throat> yeah, because unfortunately when you numb yourself emotionally to keep yourself safe, you also numb yourself from the good feelings yes. too. Yes. So, so you I- miss out on like that those that safe love that is available mm-hmm. if you if you're so lucky to have that. You miss it. Yeah. No. So I started going to my, my massage therapist is also a good friend of mine. Jessica. I know her. I yeah, love Jessica. She's, she's also my massage therapist. Oh, when I when I make it a point to go, she is the one I go to. She's fantastic. Shout out to Jess. Um, she's just so talented. She used to be a sign language interpreter, so she's really good with language and understanding people and interpreting things, and she's just fantastic. So one day, I scheduled an appointment, and I didn't realize... I scheduled another appointment. Like, I think my husband got me an appointment. So I had two appointments, two days back to back. Oh, no, that's what it was. Me and my husband went on vacation. We got a couple's therapy massage. And then I oh. forgot I had scheduled an appointment with Jessica about, like, two days later, I think. So I had two back-to-back deep, deep, deep muscle massages. That sounds nice, though. It was 
fucking incredible because nice. <laughs> the first massage, I thought, oh, this is fantastic. This is what a body massage feels like. And I get really meditative and I go into this place of like memory mm-hmm. and I start feeling just my body and like how far it's, how far, how hard it's worked to get me this far and like all the things we've been through. <laughs> all the things I've been through. Yes. <laughs> and that was great. But then the second massage on like the second day, I experienced something completely different. What did you experience? I went past, I went past the memories and I got to feel just like pure love. Oh, I love that. With, with my body. It was oh, so crazy. That's yeah. going to make me cry. Yeah, no, it was really wild. That's beautiful. Yeah, and it, it felt like it was hidden under all this fascia and these... Because it was two deep muscle massages back to back. And you really had to dig, dig into it to to just get to this place of just love again. And I, I, I love that. Yeah. That's so true. Your body does, like, store... Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Just have to read that book, The Body Keeps Score. Yeah. That's a great book. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first massage, I was getting through all the memories, and it, and it was, you know, it felt just like trauma, but the second time, I was like, I finally got to a place of love, and when I tasted that for the first time, I was like, holy fuck, I want to live there. Yeah. I want to live there. That's a place. I can love my fucking body, and it doesn't, not all the work, not all the trauma, it's, it's a place of love, and... I wanted to get back to that, so I was really curious. I asked Jessica, I was like, "Can I think I need therapy that's more physical, mm-hmm. because talk therapy is not working, medication therapy makes me want to shoot my head off, so like, what the fuck do I do? And she's like, girl, I got you. My, I'm not going to say who, but she has the number of somebody who's a uh, trained, ther- uh, not trained therapist, she's, she kind of does it on the side, she's also like a chiropractor, works with the body, not mm-hmm. chiropractor, chiropractor assistant, something like that. Anyways. She's licensed with um, emotional resolution uh, therapy. Okay. So I went to her for a couple times, and she talked me through my sensations. Not talk therapy. It's a different type of therapy where she asks you, okay, what's the last triggering thing you experienced this week? Let's just focus on that. Like, how does it make you feel? Where does it make you feel? And I was, Mm -hmm. like, focusing on, like, an argument I had and where it made me feel something. And, like, it was, like, swirling in my stomach. She's like... Describe it. Okay, I was like swirling and like She's like, okay, how about now? Just click you through like uh, five minutes. Okay. Sounds like EDMR a little bit. It does, right? It? Yeah. And then you just follow these sensations and they do change constantly as you're following it. Like it'll go from your stomach to your head to your toes through your vagina. Like oh, so it's crazy. Not the vagina. Yeah. <laughs> the vagina is the best place. <laughs> but. But like you'll feel, you'll feel it, and you don't have words for this. It's like a primordial experience. It's there's no words. It's simplified. It's just you and your body. There's no there's no intellectualizing. There's no there's no explaining to yourself or somebody else why or how or what. Like observation. It's just observation. And through this, my reactions to these triggers start changing. So that's what it's supposed to do. So like, uh, first you focus on the most triggering thing in the last week, and then whatever you want, and you do like three cycles during the therapy, and it really helped me process a lot of family trauma, because I would bring up one parent during each session, and then I would, what is it, what's it called is observing your neural pathways, and then by observation alone, it changes them. So it allows it to change. So the way like my mom wound cycled through my body was like really through my gut, and then into the back of my spine. 
and all this stuff. And it was a huge process. And I almost started, like, seizing, actually. Oh, my God. I was, I was following That's my... scary. Yes, my therapist got scared. She's like, what the fuck is happening with your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't usually happen. She has to dealt with someone as, as uh, intense as you. Well, I'm a visual artist, so I think I... Uh, you feel all the feels, and you see yeah. all the stuff, and yeah, it's a different level of um, processing. I think so. Yeah. I think artists, as a fellow artist, we just see the world differently, and we process things yeah. whole, like with our entire body, mind, yeah. and soul. Like yeah. So she started seeing my eyes um, shake, like oh, God. Uh, uh, uncontrollably from side to side, and I think that's what they do in um, EDMR. E EDMR. So I was doing EDMR to myself by just focusing on my processes my, my sensations it was crazy it was crazy and i haven't found research for it but it's fucking weird and my therapist started praying because she's baptist <laughs> like, you know good intent though right like yeah, she's like oh the demons be gone. <laughs> I, was, I was like girl it's not that serious i, just, I feel really good right now but anyway so i was reprocessing my mom wound the last time we did oh. it and uh it hasn't actually felt it actually gave me long-term relief Wow. Because my body's not processing that wound in the same way. It still has it, but it's not deeply rooted in my like gut chakra. Like so it it's not like you're you're not filtering every other experience through that experience. Yeah, because I watched the neural pathway and just because I acknowledge it, it was like, alright, actually we don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. Like I'm not here anymore. Yeah. I'm safe now. Yeah. I don't ha I, that's part of me, but that's not who I am yeah. now. It's like yeah. Rewiring. Absolutely. It's fucking cool. So the thing about this is, yeah, I needed somebody to um, snap for me and ask me, like, what are you feeling now? What are you feeling now? To get me to train through that. Like um, a guide. You like a guide. She was my guide for a couple sessions. But now I can do it to myself. Wow. Holy, holy shit. It works. You can you can just sit there and be like, what am I feeling? Describe it. It's okay. Whatever. Okay. Is it changing? Is it, Oh, yeah, it is changing. Okay. Where's it go? What's it, what's it feel like? Okay, and then just process through that whole thing, and eventually it dissipates. And you feel like, literally, I can get myself out of an anxiety attack, a panic attack, see, like a flashback, all this stuff, and it it doesn't come back. This that's second. amazing. So that's called emotional resolution, and that's been awesome. Now, the place I want to talk to you about is when I was having the eye seizures. Um, yes. I was uh, focusing on this, I, I landed in this place in my mind, and I started seeing uh, colors and, and visions and shit. <laughs> it's crazy. I like it. This is why my Baptist coach started praying, because she's like, the demons! <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, it's all good! No, it's all good! It's cool! I was like, I was in a place of pre-language. Pre-language, I like that. Yes, it was a place of pre-language. It was so fucking awesome. I saw blue, spiraling colors, mostly blue and circles and it was spiraling, kind of like the all-seeing eye. It was, it was fucking crazy. Ooh. But anyways, this place is primordial, I call it, and it was a place of like my cosmic programming. Ooh. That's what it feel, felt like. Yeah, oh my God, I'm getting chills. Yeah. Like I can relate to that. Yeah, my cosmic programming. And it was, I knew this place. I had been here before, but I didn't know it was even existed. Yes. And it was a place of, and it felt like that time I got the massage and it felt like the love, the place of love and before words, before experience and just absolute essence. Just feeling. Like existence. Just feeling and just existence. Feeling. No judgment, no words, nothing. Just existence and just just colors swirling and I can't even describe it, but I was this is when my eyes were like shaking back and forth and 
in my mind's eye, I could see this blue dot and these spirals and just safe. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And I can get back there. I, I can get back there. I can make my ICs again if I want to, but it's fucking weird. I think Don't make your ICs alone. I think you need, like, <laughs> Might be a neurological rental. condition. Like, yeah. You're like, you're like epileptic. Don't do that when you're by yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make sure someone's in the other room I, just in case. Yeah, but it feels like I'm a robot and I can go back into my programming. It's so fucking That's weird. So crazy. It's crazy. It, it sounds batshit crazy. But I get it. Like, <laughs> I, I get it because so when I was doing yeah, your turn, ketamine your therapy, turn, yeah. <laughs> so when I started, like, I didn't know what to expect because I've never done psychedelics before just because I'm a control freak. So it. I mean, I've done other stuff, but if that was something that I was like, I don't think, I don't feel safe enough in my existence, you know, I knew even when I was younger, to do something that's going to leave me vulnerable around anybody, and then also even in, within myself. Like, I didn't even trust, I didn't even feel safe with myself. Like, I didn't trust myself. So, I've never done... And that's apparent because, like, you're always doing some extreme sports activities, <laughs> that's because I was punishing myself. I know. That I was I was trying to hurt myself. Yeah. That was, that's a whole other situation. <laughs> Megan was running five miles a day. She I I mean to my yeah to my sickness. Like I hurt myself. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other yeah yeah. yeah. That's part of it. Yeah yeah. But um, we'll, we won't talk about that. What's it? We well, I'm just confirming that. I, yes, that is correct. I know. You know. You're like I see you. Like, I know you know. You're doing she so knows. much better now. You're doing so much better. And I know she knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, here. I know. Anyway, so when I started the therapy, and I really went into it not knowing what to expect. So I just kind of, like I said, I was hoping for surrender. enlightenment. I needed to, I needed, I could not surrender on my own. I had gotten to a point in all my therapy and everything, and I realized I am not... Allow, I, I don't, I can't do this on my own. Like, I, I am not, for whatever reason, the walls I built up and the mechanisms I've used to keep myself safe are so strong that I have no idea how to access my true feelings. And I knew that in order to get any better or to have any peace or closure or, you know, um, you know come to terms with anything, I had to allow myself to process my feelings. And so I was stuck. I was super stuck. And so even before I started the therapy, like I had to go to several appointments. They needed to understand where I was. Like I needed to have a, um, a support system set up. And so like, you know, they, they were very meticulous about who they allow to even do the treatment. Um, so, so I knew that made me feel more comfortable. It made me feel like, okay, well, they're not just drugging people. Right. And I'm, I'm doing an uncontrolled thing in the most controlled environment possible. So, um, when it was time to finally start my, my sessions, that's why yeah, comfort. Yeah. I I needed to know that there was some kind of control, but even at first, and they said to me, they were like, after talking to you, we know it's probably going to take you a couple of sessions before you feel (laughs) completely safe to let go. And don't be mad, like, that's okay. They're like, that's not, that's not an abnormal thing. Don't worry about it. That's your journey. They were really good about just letting it be what it was and whatever it needed to be with me and then being available to talk if I felt like talking afterwards or before or in between. Um, They, like, had journal prompts for me. There was a lot of, besides just the treatment, there was a lot of work that went into it outside of the treatment. So, like, I had to do a lot. I didn't have to. I chose to do, like, I'm an overachiever. 
So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do like, I want, I want like a gold star. I want someone to tell me that I did the best because that's just, I accept that that's who I am now. It's okay. Um, so there was a lot of stuff that I did outside of it, but the actual therapy, like the actual, like going under and getting the medicine was crazy. I didn't know what to expect. So the first time it was just kind of like, I'm just going to see where I go. I'm going to see what happens. And they're, you know, again, they're very like, you have to have a good playlist and use ambient music. So I had like, you know, curated my own playlist because no I way. wasn't going to use somebody okay, else's playlist. Right. You showed me your playlist. I wanted my own playlist. Or I got to listen a little bit to your playlist. And, um, but it was, you know, like, it was interesting because when I started, I was, I could feel myself resisting. Like, I could see, like you said, you kind of went to your motherboard. Yeah. Like, that's something that was consistently in every session was that I felt like there was, it, see, it's a broke, it's broke, it's okay, sorry. Uh, no, don't be sorry. Um, I, I felt like I could see in the distance of every, every session in the background somewhere, it looked like a motherboard. It looked like, you know, on a computer, like how you have all those, like if you took a computer apart and it has all the like little metal parts and that's what I saw every single time like green squares and silver lines and it was like this whole little motherboard and it was always there it wasn't conspicuous and it wasn't aggressive it was just like there yeah it was just there and I was like okay so this is like you know ground zero like I'm getting like I'm getting to my the, the, the like the depths of my soul that's what's happening right now yeah. and so as I went along in my therapy like and when I first started I had all these black clouds and it was just me trying to get in the way of me, like just my, I, I kind of decided it was like my bodyguard, my protector trying to keep me safe. And I had to literally put that part of myself at ease and be like, listen, I'm good. This is safe. We can do this. I'm ready now. And that was what was keeping me from processing anything in the first place was, you know, I, I kind of had to make peace with him and be like, you did it, you've done a good job. You don't have to do it, you, you can rest now. Like, you're done now. You can, I'm, I'm strong enough to handle this myself. And, um, and it just took me, like, about three times. But the fourth time, my sessions, and they're about 45 minutes long that I was, uh, had the medication, because I did it through IV, that the medication was, you know, in the IV for about 45 minutes. <clears throat> the first, the, the fourth time was probably my breakthrough, and I just came out of it so emotional that I couldn't, even if I wanted to reason my way out of feeling any of it, I couldn't. It was just like everything that had been pent up was finally set free. And I cried and I cried and I cried in front of my husband and I cried in front of strangers and that is not me at all because I don't cry in front of people. It took me seven years or six years to cry in front of my therapist, you know. So like after I got through there, it was like revisiting, like you said, like this place that felt like home, but I didn't realize I was missing it. But I knew, I like, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. It's like, so it felt familiar. It felt like I was going home. And I didn't realize that I had, I was missing it as much as I was. Like, I felt like I kind of like got, I finally got back to myself. Like, I could settle my soul into my body instead of it being so dissociated. And once I kind of allowed that to happen, it, it was crazy. The, the things like the colors and the feelings and like, it just is like these waves of colors. Yeah. The colors. Yeah. I'm trying to paint something now and I just can't seem to get it. Cause it's so vague. It's right? too vague it's too and vague. It's, it's vague and it's, it's non, it's organic. Yeah. It flows like 
One time it was white. Yes, transcendent. One time it was it was whites and and like pinks and you know it, it, like cotton candy and milk. I don't know yeah, what that means. Even as an artist, yeah. I can't conceptualize I can't. it in this dimension. I can't. I I have tried. I it doesn't. I journaled about it. I tried, and all I could really talk about, and still right now, even you know, all I can really talk about is my feelings. So like I can, I can like. Um, you know, relate the colors and the sensations and the what I saw, the visual part of it, to, like, my feelings. So, like, my feeling of, of my lost innocence. Like, I, I was able to get back to that part of myself that I lost a long time ago that I didn't realize it had been... I didn't realize I was so young when I started having to be in survival mode. And because I had hidden so much trauma from myself... To keep myself safe. And it's not like, it's not, I'm not going to say it's like one of those like repressed things. Like it was there. It was always there. It was just like, I just was ignoring it. Like I, I just was pretending like it didn't exist. From, from, from my religious background and the pursuit of innocence of being an ideological thing, I get a little triggered by the talk of innocence. Oh, I'm sorry. But no, no, no. What I'm saying is I've started to recode it as your playful my child, your, my inner your, child. Your, the ability to play. Yes, my, like, that little girl in me that, that just was... That play with Play-Doh and Yeah, like, like, that was, like, that, for me, she was, yeah. you know, four years old in a strawberry field in the sun, you know, living her best life with pigtails. That, that, that's what I mean. Like, my, right. my essence, like, the part of me that I hid away to keep safe. That, that's probably, just, just for translation's sake, but that's probably what you're talking about. That's exactly what I'm okay. talking about. So yes. It's, it's not like your innocence of no, purity. No, no, no. Like, no. I'm not talking about purity. There's, no, no, no. Thank you, thank you. Fuck all that. No. <laughs> I'm talking about, like, my inner child, you know, yeah. like, who was wounded at a very young age, and so I hid her away. She couldn't play anymore. She couldn't play anymore, and so... It's been it's been nice to be able to give myself permission to play, and so I kind of can consort with her sometimes now when I'm doing stuff. I'm like, hey girl, do you think this is a good idea? And she'd be like, hell yeah! Like she's telling yes. yeah to everything. Yes. She's telling yeah to everything. She's always like, let's do it. She's fearless. And, I love her. And I'm sad that I lost her for so long, and I understand because I think if I hadn't have hidden her away the way I did, I would have, I wouldn't have been able to come back. To her now like I wouldn't have been able to be who I am who I'm supposed to be now but like I just couldn't do that then I had to I had to survive I had to figure out a way to survive yeah and and also figuring out that I I am an extremely sensitive human being and I hate to admit that because I like to be tough and like I don't nothing bothers me and I'm good and it all bounces off me when in reality like I absorb it all and it like just everything I feel everything a million times over so when I hurt it hurts so bad and so I stopped allowing myself to feel sorry sorry hold on that's the artist in you yeah I, and so it came out through my art which was they thought for that honestly I don't know if I'd be sitting here if I didn't have art you did do a lot of art while you were in survival mode. I mean, and, and yeah, and no wonder why it made everyone comfortable and it was weird and my mom didn't want to talk about it. And she would just cry and say, what's wrong with you? You know, no. you're what's wrong with me. No, <laughs> no, I just, you know, like it's just, my mind did what it needed to do and, and I'm grateful for that. Like yeah. I'm not not grateful for that. Yeah. It's, now I'm, it's like all of the veils and all the bullshit and all of the lies I've been telling myself. I, I can't unsee what I've seen, so I have to... Now I'm processing things 
all, like 360 all, all the way around. I'm not just kind of intellectually processing it and be like, yes, this is what happened and this is why I am the way I am and this is why I don't like this and it's because of this incident. Like I'm emotionally processing stuff and, and, it, and it just comes as it comes. Like I get triggered and I'm like, oh, so that's why I'm triggered. So like I get triggered by one of my kids because they're not listening and I get so mad, like it infuriates me. And so I stepped away from it and I was like, I'm gonna take a minute. And I was like, I get mad because, you just push that, yeah. Um, I don't feel seen or heard, and I never felt seen or heard when I was a kid. So it's a trigger for me if I feel like someone's not listening to me. Like that infuriates me, it makes me angry and then upset, and then I just like get shitty and cold. And so that's not my kid's problem, that's my problem, you know, and I need to figure that out. And But now that I know that, I'm able to go, okay, remember, he's eight, well, you know, <laughs> he's not intentionally trying to belittle you or not listen, he's eight, you know, yeah. he's just being eight and you need to let, you know, take a break and remember that. And it's actually, I mean, but the place that I was in that treatment, like that, that, uh, what did you call it? Just like, yeah. like that pre, pre-verbal. Yeah. Pre, pre-verbal. That's what you said. Yeah. Like. I can't think of a better way to describe it because it, it is. It's there's no there's no words. You're it's just there. emotion and it's so safe though. Yeah. Like one of my sessions, I felt that love. I felt yeah. I was like I am loved and I can love myself and that's enough and I can it's it's okay. Like it doesn't make me a selfish human if I love myself and want to take care of myself, you know, like that makes me I, I, I have to because I can't take care of other people if I'm not taking care of myself and but like just to feel okay like just that love like I hate to sound like a hippie but I know, like right? but that's the, I mean but that's what it is it's a place of love and acceptance and like neutrality it's just kind of like it's existence yeah it's just existence without all of the bullshit oh, that we put like into it yeah just it's, it's space dead. and time and transcends time and space and you know, I'm not a religious person, but I do believe that there's something larger than us and something beyond this. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I wonder if we were there. Yeah. Well, okay, so I felt like... I wonder if we, we, we visited. <laughs> I felt like um, like I had schizophrenia before I talked to you, because I was like, this can't be real. Like, what is this fucking place? Because I had this experience in, like, November. Yes, and before. I, felt, yeah. I was like, this is so awesome, but, like, uh, I can't find this on the internet. Like... <laughs> Nobody's talking about no, it, so it's not real. Nobody's acknowledging it in the words that I can relate to. Uh, maybe people are talking about it in like a like a mushroom trip or something. But I didn't do Probably. I didn't do drugs. It was just a meditation, behavioral therapy treatment. Like what is this? And then I, I drove you to your ketamine treatment, and you had said that you were there at there. this place. That I was there. I want to go back there. Yeah. Well, we can go back there. It's it's. You, so we both got there in our own way. You you through your journey and my, me through mine. But but by confirming, and, and it might be because we're both artists and yeah. we have more visual practices, I guess. So maybe that's why we see the colors. Like that's how we process that's life might, in general. Might help. Yeah. And maybe other people actually can't get there because they're not they're not used to using the. I don't know. Maybe they're just not. They don't have that tap into that like sensitivity. Yeah, and so maybe this is super rare that we're actually confirming this and 
Because we're star children and we're here to bring the indigo kids into the world or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But if you use either of these treatments, you're listening to this podcast and you either use ketamine treatment or you use deep tissue massage because that's where I first got it Mm -hmm. or cognitive behavioral therapy and emotional resolution or EDMR. If you're using these treatments because there are a plethora of therapy treatments for people like us, it's not just talk therapy or medication. Right. um, Reach out. (laughs) Let me know if this primordial preverbal place exists for you this motherboard motherboard that's what it is it's a motherboard like that's all i kept saying i was like yeah and i had a journal so like i journaled oh yeah tell us about that (sighs) my journal so i had journals i I would journal like before treatment and then usually it would take a couple days for me to kind of process everything and then i would journal after or if I, like, something came to me, like, I, I remember one day I was, like, in the car, in car line, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm a people pleaser. And I was like, dang. And everyone was like, how did you not know that? And I was like, I don't know. I just never thought about it. I thought I was just not being an asshole, but I, you know, but it was quite the opposite. But, so I would come back and I would make sure to journal on it. And then at the end of it all, I, I went through it and kind of edited it because I, I wanted to share it with the ketamine clinic. So they had, I don't know, I just felt like I needed my story to be told someplace and I didn't want it to be told everywhere because um, I don't feel comfortable with that. But in that space, if my journaling or my experience could, without my name attached to it, could help someone else who's processing or help the, the practitioners understand how I processed it. So that was why I shared it with them and my therapist and then my um, uh, psychiatric nurse crack who does my medication. So I, I share, so then everybody knew where I was and, and it was really freeing to share that, that stuff. like to write it down yeah, and it was like liberating and it made it real. Cause for a long time I just had convinced myself, I minimized it and I, I convinced, I was, and still to the, to, to even now I like, I'm like, well, and I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's a small trauma or a big trauma. It doesn't matter how it would affect anybody else. It matters how it, how it affected me and my life and my development and who I am. Yeah. And, and it was significant, and there was many of them. And then one of the journal entries, I just listed them. Yeah. And they were plentiful. Yeah. And they were way more than I thought. I, I, I have to say, I, uh, one of my mental health professionals, we, I, we were talking about it and I made them cry a little bit. I didn't make them cry, but they cried. I think because they were happy that I had processed stuff, but I don't think you're supposed to make them cry. <laughs> and, and not that I have, like, and I even want to say now, like, there's a million people in this world who live terrible lives and have horrible things happen. And I am, I can't, but I can't speak for anybody but myself. So for me and myself and the person I am, I know I'm trying to minimize it. No, I, I watched this anime. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and this girl is like abandoned and she's like taking care of herself and she has such a grateful spirit and she's alone and she falls in love with this boy and he's like, I just feel so bad that you have so much pain. And she looks at him and she says, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, no. He says, you can't compare pain. It always uh-huh. hurts. That's true. So your pain and my pain are both valid. Yes. And there's there's no need to compare it. I feel like I have to explain it or justify it because I don't want to seem weak or like a baby. But I'm aware that I do that now, which I wasn't aware that I did that before. But I'm still not like, I still have to unlearn that. It's okay for me to have It's okay for you feelings. to have pain. It's, it's okay, okay for you to need comfort. It's Yeah, it's okay for me to not be okay. It's okay for me to have my feelings hurt. Yeah. And, 
It's and a, there's no need to compare it. it there's not. You're 100 percent right. There's well, no. This is the anime. It wasn't. But no. But I mean, <laughs> preach, me deeply. That was. was like, oh my god. That's profound. But that's yeah, profound because it it's like no matter how much it hurts, no matter how it hurts, no matter how you got the injury, it's gonna hurt. And yeah. you're gonna need support, and you're gonna need love and comfort, and we need each other. Yeah. And that's it. Period. And I, I like that you said injury too, because yeah. like injury, because that's valid. Like, it's like walking around. I was like walking around with all these wounds that were hemorrhaging, and I was like, "Am I? Fine. <laughs> you know, like I was like, "I'm good," I'm you know. Good. And after a while, you know, you're gonna bleed out at some yeah. point. So that's I like that analogy, like yeah. of the injury, like the emotional. Andrew, I like to put a visual thing too. If there's any otaku's out there, I think the anime was called the Angel Next Door or something like that. And oh, I think my son watches that. Uh, really? He loves oh, anime. So I probably could ask him about it. I'm sure he'd, oh, he'd verse me on the whole thing. Yeah, it's great. She's great. Um, anyways, so back to back to your your wounds are, are valid and your injury is valid. And I knew that when I met you years ago. Well, I knew that about you because yeah. I just asked because I'm an asshole. Right. So. You, no, you know, no, I'm not an asshole. You're the first person. You were like, I remember we, you were like, you want to go walk the mountain with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then you were like, after like two miles of walking with me. I was like, so tell me about that cult that you yeah. were in. <laughs> yeah, this is before I knew it was a cult. And then you were like, girl, you've got some serious bags. And I was like, I was like. Sorry, bags like weighing me down. I was like, "What?" <laughs> you're like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And I was looking at you. I was like, "Oh, I love her." And, <laughs> and we were friends instantly. We, we both walked around that mountain with like invisible chains, like mm-hmm. ten pounds, yeah, of weights on every limb, just tons, just like acting like we were. And you were the first person to be like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> You made me cry. I'm sorry. Things. I did over breakfast. We were eating like twice, and like, I was like, I, I know. still want to hang out with you. And I told, I came home and told my husband, I was like, I made her cry at breakfast, and he was like, Why? And I was like, I didn't mean to. And he's like, You can't ask people that. And I was like, No, I felt right. Like exactly, it felt like I could. No, it's exactly what we needed. And back then, we acknowledged it as we were. Um, celestial sisters. That's right. Right. So I agree with that. We, still. No, yeah, yeah. We couldn't because. There's something about sisterhood and finding your people, your tribe, or your whatever, tribe. Yeah. And you had told me back then that we we were meant to meet each other, and you were meant to guide me in certain directions, just like you had been with your yeah guide. yeah. There's just so you've guided me too. Oh, well, like it, in return, it's mutual. But yeah, but back then that's how we process it. Was like you have to find your tribe, and you pay it forward. To yeah, them. you do. You we help each other. Yes. And I could accept that back then. I think it's so much more now. But I, I do too. But we yeah. couldn't, like, that made sense. That was the that language. Was like a that safe, was our language. And language is so funny because it's all essentially that same thing from that, that motherboard, that, mother <laughs> that, like, you know, pre-language, like, kind of thing. Yeah. And we just, you know, you know, I don't want to get, like, existential or whatever. But, like, yeah, that's almost like, I mean, like, that's what religion and faith and any kind of form of spirituality is just, like putting a language and a label to this thing that we all feel, because I truly believe we're all connected, yeah. but that is makes sense and is safe to us and <sighs> where we are, like, in our journey of awakening or whatever. I sound like yeah, a total... I know. Food, food, I but I don't know how to... New age crystal hippie, right. tree hugger. Like, I, I know. But... Do you know what I mean? Real. Like, it's like, I do. I like, it's just, mean. like, bigger than us. There's and something valid there. I think so. Yeah. I, and I don't have the right language for it, so I'm using the language that I know. 
So, but that's, and, you and, know. And as artists, we're putting it out there that this place is actually a place that you can actually go I, to. I 100% Just, believe it. And in, it in your mind's me, eye. In your mind's eye. In my mind's eye. And it gives me comfort to know that it is... That like it reminded me of my purpose. I'm gonna. I don't want to get emotional because you know I don't like to be emotional, but I might. But it reminded me of my purpose. Like I oh, have forgotten. Oh my god! I, that's why I applied for that I'm job. So excited at all to say this part. Okay, so uh, Megan, I still want to talk about the dissertation you wrote for these ketamine oh. doctors. <laughs> I did it. Was. She did fucking notes. <laughs> these journaling notes that she did. She literally wrote like she could become a doctor. Like 15 a, pages. Yeah, or you could, I don't know. you're like a doctorate of ketamine treatments. Like. <laughs> This chick, when she says she goes above and beyond for the gold star, she did the work for the doctors. Like, they, they're probably going to make protocols and publish, like, evidence-based practices based on Megan's fucking dissertation. I would really like that. That would make me really happy. <laughs> yeah, I don't even need to have any, like, credentials put to my name, but just to know that that might happen yes, makes me yes, super went, proud. You went, you went, like, from the board of the... I did. I did a panel discussion yeah. and talked about and it. And they were eating it, it up. They they were appreciative yeah. of it. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. You know, like, I, did you talk about the primordial place, the motherboard? I, t- I didn't say those words oh, when I talked to them, but I just, I took, I told them it took me, it allowed me to be in a place where I felt safe enough, mm-hmm. that felt like home that I didn't realize I was, I was missing. Like I, 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 it was like a home that I didn't know. But it's that place. That's like where we all. I feel like it's it, like where we all start. It's constantly there. Yeah, like it's, it's just. There. But that it gave me the the what I needed to feel safe enough to be able to stop hiding from myself and like remove the veils and remove the masks and re- from myself like the bullshit and just really sit with like my inner child and be like, you're okay now. Like we're okay and we're gonna get through this and we're gonna process this and we can now because you know that you're safe oh because you know that you're safe I know that I'm safe I'm not I'm not I don't have to be hyper vigilant I don't have to be afraid I don't I'm safe now I made a safe space I know you know like I purposely made sure I made a safe place for myself and and so yeah I didn't use primordial or motherboard (laughs) with that but I kept saying, like, you know, like in the Matrix, and they just kind of looked at me. You know, I, you know, I joke. So it didn't. I didn't write that down. But like, that's. Uh, a... I'm so happy, sad. I am. I am too. Okay, the reason I'm sad is because <laughs> you've been through this huge transformative experience. You've done everything, literally, that you could. You finally got back to yourself. I did. Yes, and I, I, I've been able to see it, and you've helped me bring me through it, and. Um, We've gotten through here together, but now the reason we're painting your kitchen is we gotta sell my house. You gotta sell your house? Why, Megan? Tell us why. Because I got an amazing job in a different town, but I would not have even had the confidence or the, the anything to think that I was even worthy of applying if I hadn't have had this journey. And so I'll be the, I'm not gonna say where, but I'm gonna be the uh, executive director of an art center in a larger town and it's what I've always wanted to do my I went to college and grad school like this is the job that like 16 year old me is like hell yeah like you're you're doing what we want to do like this is what you're so like I have more purpose I'm remembering that I have more purpose in my life I mean I love my children and that's one of my purposes is to be their mother but I have to have purpose within myself to be a good mother, to be a good partner, to be a good anything. And and I forgot that and lost myself and everybody else. And I 
doing all this stuff allowed me to remember like you're allowed to count too and you know you need to go do what makes you happy yeah. or you're not ever going to be happy and this is what makes me happy wow. and thankfully you know it's working out like my kids are excited they're sad but excited yeah. and you know my husband's job is allowing him to work from home so it's working out really so nicely it's amazing uh, which makes me even more sure that as hard as this is going and I'm going to ugly cry a lot because I already have in my car a little bit about leaving. Yeah. Um, it's it's where we're supposed to. It's time. Megan. Like, I'm going to ugly cry. You can't look at me because I don't want to ugly Megan, cry right this now. Is, this is your inner child. This is where she, she gets is, to play. She is excited. She is excited. She, she is, gets to fucking come out and own this shit. My, oh and, my and, and then I, I realize I have an inner teenager too. She's a saucy little girl. But like, she's also. She needs to come out too. She's a little. Oh my She's God. a little scared. <laughs> I'm so excited. And I'm so proud of you. I know you are the most qualified person for this Thank job. You. you have like two, three masters. I have two, two I have two degrees. Two but I have a lot degrees. of experience. I have you a lot of experience. You've worked with nonprofits. You have rehabilitated me for the last eight years. <laughs> like you're definitely qualified. I think I can write some grants and put some art up and oh my for God. this it's going to be so for this cool. place. And and they're they are very excited to have me, which is even even nicer like it's it's, yeah they're they're really they feel like a good place for you I I felt very good and like it was right whenever I got there so I'm I'm very excited about it they they wooed Megan they did woo me they took her on a date I didn't yeah I didn't know what was going on because that has never happened to me before and so they like took me to a fancy dinner and fancy lunch and introduced me to people and I was like what's going on yeah well Megan you are (laughs) definitely the coolest chick in West Texas no that's you I don't know what you're talking about. You're way cooler than we me. are. The, we are. We are pretty cool. Though. We are pretty <laughs> <laughs> Together, we're like extra cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's just pump, pump, pump each other up. <laughs> I think. I think we should. I think this is probably good enough. We did great. The kitchen looks fantastic. I think it looks brighter. Yeah, it looks good. And it definitely is Ugh. not so, as di- like eight years of me cooking crap yeah. in here. So we've been painting this kitchen this whole time because uh, people are coming to take pictures tomorrow <sighs> to sell Megan's kitchen. And so she's helping me ghetto paint my cabinets so they look a little bit better. They actually look a lot better. They look really good. I probably no, need to finish painting really this wall right here. Is there anything else to paint? Uh, I'm sure, but I'm 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 a little also through my journey I've stopped masking my ADHD as much. So like I'm yeah. super scattered, but you know what? It's totally fine. That's why we needed to do this <laughs> interview while painting. Because I can't do just one thing at a time. We had to be distracted for this deep yeah. conversation. Yeah. It's it yeah, it's crazy the amount of energy I have spent pretending to be somebody else for everyone else's comfort Girl, if for the longevity to do this podcast I mean <laughs> that's fine you're so sweet. I would I would be uncomfortable for you any day but I never had to be with you yeah I felt I always felt okay being myself with you and there's not a lot of people there's a I can count on one hand the people in my life that I feel okay being myself with and you were immediately one of them which is why I immediately asked you uncomfortable questions and then made you come down my house and take my kids old clothes best oh yeah <laughs> I was like, right. you need to come over and get these clothes right now. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> All right, so we, we, we were mutual friends with some joggers. We mm-hmm. were walking. We did, like, two walks and had breakfast, and I didn't hear from you for, like, three months, and then you were just like, <laughs> come to my house, and I was like, is this a trap? I'm going to get you. But, I, no. <laughs> but, but you were, like, free clothes, and I was like, bitch, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love my kids, and I hate spending money, so. Well, and they grow out of clothes so yeah, fast. You've supplied my clothes for the last 
six years. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Because I hate, I was like, I hate, I want to have a garage sale because I hate dealing with it. Oh and I would much rather give it to people uh, who, I immediately uh, thought of you. I was like, ooh, all these clothes are good. Yeah. I was like, but the boys don't fit in them. Yeah. Clifton has a well, weird a, irritation to one of them. So perfect that my boys were in succession. Like, next. yeah, they're right behind. Yeah, right behind it. So like, as soon as your kids grow up, my kids are right there. Those clothes have been loved thoroughly. Good. Yeah. They were loved before they got to yeah, you. So. Yeah. No, it's great. Oh, my God. Okay, wait. I wanted to... Um, so, you applied for jobs after the ketamine treatment was done or during I, it? I, so, I started applying for jobs in February, and that's when the ketamine that's when started. started. Okay. So, but I didn't probably put that application... I had already started the treatment. Yeah. Like, I was probably two or three treatments in, <sighs> and I remember going, ah, the worst thing that could happen is that I don't get a job, but yeah. I don't have a job now, so... Yeah. You know, that's fine. Well, you were like, house, you were raising your children. Child yeah. is the most underrated, oh un- invisible, underpaid job. But a hundred percent is. You were absolutely doing an amazing job. With oh, that. thank you. So, I just know. Say that. They're they're for all the moms out there. Yeah, <laughs> and dads. So, it's and, so, and fucking dads. Just parents. It's hard to be a parent, and you and and like, it just is hard. It's so hard. But it's worth it. But it's hard. Um, Oh, I'm gonna do this. But anyways, yes, we were we you did that. So you started your job application. When did you? Um, yeah, so I started the I, and I applied lots and lots of places, and I I think I, I I didn't hear from them until like the beginning of March, and then not again until like the end or the middle of March. And and as, by that time, I had seen the evidence that the ketamine treatment was like really changing your relationship with your body. Yes, and that's a that's a whole other part of it. So I have a, I don't even like to say it, but I have an eating disorder. Stupid. Who doesn't? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you know. Just kidding. I'm no. minimizing it. No. No, because that's what I want to be like. So and then sorry. I'm, I'm going to preface that with like, yes, fat people can have eating disorders as well. It's just, uh, we get told to, to eat less and less regardless of, of, you know, they just kind of look at your weight and they go, well, that's the problem. Even though I don't have any medical problems except for me not eating enough and working out too much and you know then I started to have problems because I wasn't taking care of myself but anyhow so my relationship with just like my body like being at home with my body has been it's been it's changed yeah like it's it's I've and I've been working on it on another level but I I feel I don't hate my body as much as I used to thank god I, I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm, I'm working towards neutrality. Like, I'm not a fan, but like, I, the, during the ketamine treatment was the first time in probably <laughs> 10 years, um, and I'm even including when I was pregnant with Clifton, that I allowed myself to rest and didn't count my calories oh, yeah. and didn't count my, you know, calories burned and my steps and didn't look at my rings. And I went, I'm exhausted. I'm just need to sleep right now. And and that that all by itself was revolutionary for me. Yeah, so that was awesome. Wow. So so all this so all this is to say that the deconstruction journey and the seeking of the therapy that fits you mm-hmm. is fucking worth it. Yeah. Because you're about to thrive. Can I just can I just brag on you for a minute? Oh, <laughs> like yeah. Like the, sure. the the director position you got is no easy like it's not small it's not small it's it's huge i'm excited like you could you you're in a position to change reality like based on what you put in this art place no pressure no 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 your your inner child's gonna slay just do what you want 
but I, I know what your interests are and I know that you seek to utilize art for social justice as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. I know it's not a shallow, like, look at these. Like, no. It's going to be thought-provoking. The galleries you create are going to be life-changing, actually, because you're going to find the artists that are underrepresented, that are wanting to represent, yeah, real social injustices. And... Like yourself. Yeah, like that. That's true. Because um, <laughs> she's amazing. Give me a couple years to curate the traffic... Uh, gallery, but yeah, your story needs to be shared through your work, and I, I, I intend, mark my words, on this day, May 18th, 2023, I will be the one who makes sure the world sees her story. Holy crap. I, I promise you that. Because I do know one thing, no, I know good art when I see it, yeah, and yeah, art yeah. that's, like, that's worth it, that's thought-provoking, that has a story to tell, that's got talent behind it. I'm gonna brag on her, she's amazing. Oh my god. She, your art is why I wanted to talk to you in the first place. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. I saw your stuff and I was like, I want to know her. Oh, okay. Because that's amazing and oh, she's that's fantastic. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so you're amazing, just by the way. Just Man. in case you didn't know. Oh, my God. I, I'm going to have to get like a like bigger glasses. My head's getting so... I think we should get each other like so tiaras that said <laughs> the best, you know, like... You just be like tiara twins, just but, wear them whenever. <laughs> but this is all to say that the, the deconstruction and the therapy and finding yourself and getting back in touch with your body is fucking worth it because look at us thriving. Yes. You're about to sell this house, move to an amazing place, get the job of your dreams. It is the job of value dreams. you. Yes. And you can actually make a huge change in the community that comes and visits your gallery. Yeah. Um, and brag on me too I'm opening up a new business so it's yes. like we weren't here you have this podcast yeah, you're speaking podcast. your truth you're helping yeah. people all over the world yeah. global you yeah. are a global sensation oh, right. that's right global. so <laughs> you are but it's all to say that you're worth it so, because yeah, yeah we wouldn't have been here six years ago oh my god I wouldn't even have yeah. been able to speak, like I can't even speak about it like I couldn't conceive of it yeah like there's no way I would have even thought I would be having this conversation, let alone be in the position I'm in. So it, but also, right. it is worth it, but it is not easy. No, it's not. Like, it is messy and hard, and it's not linear either. It's just like a swirly, roller coastery kind of things. And, and in my experience with all of it as the control freak that I am, the best thing that I ever did, and I had to have ketamine to do it, I guess, was to let go and allow it to be what it was and feel wherever I am at in that moment. And then, because you're not your feelings, you're not your emotions. You, you but you, like for me, I couldn't pretend like I didn't ha keep pretending like I didn't have them. Cause you know, we're not robots, we're people, right. you know, we're humans. So like, you gotta, you gotta, um, like, it's hard. So you gotta go into it knowing this is probably going to be hard, but know that it is a hundred percent, 125 million percent worth it in the end. Yeah. We're not even at the end yet. Oh my god, I know. Because oh. it's like a, it's like a forever. <laughs> oh my god. Because I'm sure when my kids grow up, I'll figure they'll they'll come and tell me the stuff that I did wrong, and I'll have to reprocess more stuff, right. and you know. But that's fine. Like, but mm -hmm. I feel now that I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna get it all right. Like, we're not. We're doing the best we can. But we're making changes for our so kids, and our kids will be able to make those changes. Like, we're generational curse. Breakers. We are the breakers of the curse. We're like the breakers of the chains. Like yeah. all the shit that was fed into us, we are filtering out so we don't feed it down to our kids. And it's, you know, it's really not to guilt 
that our ancestors no but they didn't have the opportunities we have right so, they didn't know so we have to utilize what, what we're given and i think this generation is given immense knowledge uh, we have yeah uh, access access knowledge and people are very much like so much more accepting even like so i was a teenager in the 90s like because i'm 10 years older than renee but like even in the 90s <laughs> like you didn't to even speak of like someone having therapy or taking medication like it was so no, it was is... so just uh, taboo and had so much attached to it and me watching, you know, being part of it all, like watching it change, it, it's been so nice to. I don't have any qualms about saying, yeah, I have a therapist. Absolutely, yeah. I have a therapist. Absolutely, I take this medication. God. Absolutely, I'm gonna do this because yeah. I don't want to. There's no need to be unhappy for what I don't know why, you know. And they didn't know. Like you're right, our ancestors. They everybody tried to do better than the one before them, but you know. We, and we can't do anything about that, but we can take responsibility we can take for our, ourselves yeah. and our shit and make sure to not do our best to not pass it on. Because if we don't, it's just going to continue. And me and you have boys. And I feel, I don't know about you, but I feel even more obliged to make sure that my two boys turn into not oppressive men. So <laughs> I want them to be they're not feminist oh, and, and you they're, know they're amazing. Oh, thank you. I am so impressed by the your children just for who they are. I thank doing you. A good job. You're doing they're, a good job. But I don't I don't want, you know that's the that I can't change big stuff, but we can do these things. And I think these things are valid and and important and people get caught up in the big changes they forget that there's little things that can be done just within your circle that make a huge difference you know like that butterfly effect yeah so and your boys are amazing by the way and i loved that picture that he drew of you oh my god <laughs> they are adorable and i love them and yeah. they're so sweet and so, so full sweet. of life and so funny so and yours you do not you're not gonna have oppressive boys there's, <laughs> there's just no way I don't think it's possible with mothers like us like they we wouldn't allow it they love their mamas they do yeah and I don't give a shit yeah if their mama's boys that's fine with me yeah they're gonna leave me eventually anyway yeah, Oliver's already talking about moving out oh so you know God. it's fine yeah. <laughs> I'll take them for as long as I can get them I love this I'm just so I'm so impressed with I mean, just listening to the podcast episode from two years ago mm -hmm. was such a mind fuck because I was like, oh my God, we were so different. I need to go back and listen to it. Yeah, we were. Like, as a reflection. I cut you off a lot. I was very, like, oh, intellectualizing, analyzing, getting language for new realities that I was coming into. I was really hell bent on talking about the church because that was. But that's where you were. Yeah, that's where I was. And you needed to. Like, yeah. you. It's such a process. All of it is such a process. And, like, that's where you need it to be. And, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to, I don't want to forget to say this, but, like, it's interesting now that, because you said about, like, you reminded me about my friend who kind of started, yes. like, started asking me questions. And I was like, um, who the hell are you? Why, what do you want? Why like, are you why parking are, my baggage? Yeah, like, leave my, it's all. It's like trying to take it off. Yeah, it's, like, strategically <laughs> placed, like, with the tiniest, like, hairs as wires. So. Yeah. Please don't touch it. But um, <laughs> that's my. Baby. She that's what she did. Like so, she was here, and we were, and we're we still talk. We were we're still, yeah. we're still friends. But like, um, she left. 
she started it and then she like she moved away oh and I was God. like, "Bitch, are you serious? Like, you, you can't leave you me can't, right now. You can't poke all this." And and she's like, "You're gonna be fine." I'm like, "I'm not gonna be fine," and I I am. So yeah. like you know, so maybe it's maybe it's part of it like that. I'm supposed to get out of your way so you can. What? No, God. So you can live your life. And you're gonna, you're gonna be amazing. Because you are amazing. I'm so. gonna come visit you. You should. I, I am gonna come visit. I'm not gonna be that far. So no. that's like totally. And I'm, and I have family here, so so I'm still gonna have to come yes. back. So I can't know. believe you're leaving. I mean, I love I know. it. I think it's so great. Why not? It's a lot. It's, yeah. It's it's both sides of the coin. Like I, I hadn't really thought about the sad part, and I walked into the house yesterday, and I just started to cry, and I was like, oh. It's like that because we've been here for in this house for like eight years. This is all the boys know, and so it's a big, big, big change. And but I still think it's the right. I still think it's gonna be good. Absolutely. I I think that they're gonna they're gonna thrive, and I'm gonna. I think if it's one of those things like if your parents aren't happy, if they're not like happy and fulfilled in their life, they're. Even if they're trying not to put it on you, it trickles down to the children just because that's how family systems are, even unintentionally, not malice, like with no malice, just unintentionally. And I, I felt like I was doing that to the boys being stuck in a situation that I knew I wasn't like, I was like, I need more than this. And, and I thought I was before the treatment, I thought I was a bad mother for saying that. Like I was just being a bad person. Yeah. Cause I was like, I need more than this. Um, but I don't think that anymore. I think I'm a person and I'm allowed to I, I, I'm, I didn't go to school for that long and do all the work I did to not utilize it. I always intended on having a career yeah. and, and it hadn't worked out for me the way I wanted it to because my family needed me because there's a, a lot of different reasons and things that kept happening. And so I figured, well, I guess this is where I need to be right now. But, you know, it's not, we're not there anymore. And my husband is, you know, he wants to be around more and home more. And this is going to allow us to actually function like more as a a unit, you know, instead of kind of scattered because we were just trying to do the best we could with the time we had, and you know, I, I think it's gonna be overall I think really good. Your kids are gonna love seeing your you. I think shine. So Oliver, I came home from the interview and I was still dressed in because I don't I wear I'm wearing leggings right now. Like I don't even I had to buy all new clothes. And um, I was wearing, like, a work outfit, and he was just like, you look so Mama. nice, Mom. Oh and I was just like, I do? I was yes. like, I, like, had taken off my jewelry oh, and well. stuff. And he was like, you look so nice. He was like, I so like to see you dressed up, like, for work. So and I was like, thanks, buddy. Yeah. And so, like, there, I, I know it's it's a lot of mixed feelings, but mostly good. Yeah. Mostly oh, good. Yeah, that's so cool. Your kids are going to... I think they're going to love seeing their mama. Well, and I hope Slay. that they see... I want them to have a good representation of a strong independent woman and not be intimidated by it or not feel like they like I I again like I always want to make sure that my kids are you know not sexist misogynist assholes which I don't think they're going to be but you know we live in an area where it's just ingrained in our society on uh, on the Bible Belt, just where we are, and it's still gonna be. It's a little bigger where we're going, but we're still on the end of that. So, you know, normalize um, working moms. Yeah, that change the world. Yeah, yeah. and like you. That's fine. <laughs> yeah.
That's like awesome. Taking over the tattoo world in West um, Texas. Just everybody's shining. I everybody's shining Stop brighter. It. Well, I'm I shine bright and I challenged all the artists in the area. I was like, let's do better. And so look at I still think they're doing better. You're Everybody's the best. Better. So I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. You're the only one I, think I would allow to touch my skin. I ever. honestly wasn't impressed by the artists in West Texas when I first started, but there is some really good artists coming up in West Texas. Like there, there is. I, it, like everybody's improving, and maybe it's just my vision on on Instagram where I'm being able to access better artists. Or I I do think everybody's improving. So I'm actually proud to say I'm a West Texas. Texas tattoo artist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody's getting better. It's cool. Well, and I do. I do think that you're part of that nudge because you just a little influence. I think, especially in this town, because I think you went. No, I don't want to do it this way. Yeah. I'm going to do it this way. Yeah. And then you did it, yeah. and you've been extremely successful. Which and so everyone crazy. else, like after they had their little pity parties for themselves, had to either step out or get out. And and I think. They're still having a pity party, but, you know, like, I, I, I hope not. I hope not. But um, I think that people are trying to step up a little bit. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, it's competition is good. I mean, it's capitalism, it's but, healthy. like, it's it helps encourage people not be stagnant and just stay the same and... Do your best. The only person, you know. I, honestly, the only person I'm in competition with is myself, and mm-hmm. it's always been that way. And I think people should be like that. Yeah. No competition... To any other artist, but always do your best and yeah. always challenge what your best is. And I, I don't think you can go wrong that way. And I think that's contagious. I think so too. Yeah. I think it, I think it. You, people want. It. In I the think best people way. want to rise to the occasion, yeah. but it's so easy to become, you know, like um, stagnant mm. and because um, you got to pay the bills, right? And so you're just like, well, you know, I'll take it because I will. But yeah, I, I, I value pride. First of all, and foremost in my work, so I only take things that I know I'll be proud of, and if I can do it, to my best. And those are my two moral compasses that guide me when I take tattoos. And your art is amazing, <laughs> and all of your tattoos are amazing. And anywhere I go, I get a ten million compliments. Oh my god! On. They're like, oh my god! And I'm like, I know. Like, uh, I love you know. your your it, met, the met the oh, metrodon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's right there, my metrodon. Yeah. Oh. It's so cool. I love my black sheep. Your black sheep is adorable. I look at her all the time and I go, She's done so well. We're gonna we're gonna do it, girl. Yeah. Me and you. Yes. Me and you, girlfriend. That's like your savage teenage But yeah. And my inner child all uh, mixed together yeah. in this little and it's so funny, like my parents have not acknowledged the this black tattoo. sheep. Oh my god. They're a little not happy with me right now because I'm moving, so it's Aww. but that's okay, you know, it's I can't control that. I can only control myself and what I decide, what we decide for our family, and that's all I have control over. So, awesome. All right. Well, that brings us to over an hour of podcast. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think it's good. Yes, I think it's amazing. It's I've just been chit chatting. Yeah. No, it's a light, nice little blip into now, and yeah. I know in two years we'll do another one. Yes. <gasps> yes. At the gallery. Come Shut into up. my, oh my gallery. God. What if we're like. And- in national, like, just like, I, I can't, I don't even want to speak it into existence because it's going to be better than I I'm can gonna, imagine. I'm going to see it into just big things. Holy big things crap. For... We'll be drinking champagne and yes. a little cheese off the charcuterie board. Yes. Uh, oh, <laughs> my gosh. Selling paintings yes. for six million. Talking to people named Betsy <laughs> who have pearls. Oh, <laughs> wow. 
Oh, I look forward to it. Oh, your boys are going to be teenagers. I can't even. Your boys will be taller than you. My I boys know. will be like eight and six. And yeah, Oliver will be 15. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's going to be. Oh, my gosh. And then, yeah, and then the Clifton will be 10. So just, oh, my gosh. It's going to be awesome. We'll, we'll go fishing. Yes. There's a lake there. Yeah. There's we'll a lake. Swimming yeah. and canoeing. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. So make sure you get a house where I can sleep on the couch with my Yes. I'm trying to like find a house that's got like a extra house. You don't, you don't have you don't have to do that. No, we need one because I was like, I want people to come visit. We're going house hunting this weekend, I, so we're. I'm used to sleeping in a van, and I've trained my kids to do this. And again. I am. I don't accept that. And you are not going to sleep in a van we'll if you sleep, come we'll see sleep me. We'll sleep in the so. car in your driveway. That's insane. We'll pitch Stop. a tent in the backyard. Stop it doesn't it. matter. It'll, it'll be fun. You are going to sleep on a in the inside in the inside. Either the way, as long as I see you again. Yes, we're going to go be up like um, you know house hunters where we're like. We want like a 17 bedroom house with seven <laughs> bathrooms and two acres, and we have $20,000. What yeah. can you get for us? No. Make it happen. <laughs> now, our budget. That's oh, a little it's different. It's going to be so that, cool. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be so cool. Okay, Excited. cool. That wraps it up. That's the update with Megan um, on Bless Child Podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I look forward to having you anytime in the future. Yay. Yeah. And the kitchen's done. And the kitchen's done. <laughs> yeah. All right, bye. <laughs> Oh, I mean, wait, hold on. Let me do my spiel. It's, um, um, until next time. No, I can't even remember. It. <laughs> it's, uh, we'll talk again soon. There you Take go. Care. Take care of your mental health and we will talk again soon. <laughs>